Well, welcome everybody. Uh, this is the fourth episode of the Miles Driven podcast uh, with me, Miles, and me, Sam. And uh, rather uh, a bit lazily of me, I forgot to plug the Miles Driven in the last. Uh, no, we're going to we're going to interrupt and give Miles a, a round of applause for uh, not once mentioning the MilesDriven.com. So expect in the last podcast. And unfortunately, guys, I am still waiting for the arrival of my bell slash buzzer to annoy Miles every time he mentions it. But it is coming and should hopefully be with us by the next podcast. So, so since you haven't got it, and I forgot to mention it so many times, last podcast, this one, <laughs> we filled with me trying to... But yeah, the milesdriven.com is the website. That's uh, the milesdriven.com. Yeah, that's the website. You can just go on there and just ch- check us out. It, uh, it's not that you don't have to pay anything for anything on there. It's just uh, one of our website. And uh, there's the Miles Driven Instagram page. By all means, if you want to follow us, you can jump on there. And we'll uh, we'll try and put some things up on there. We've talked previously about putting polls and sort of yeah, questions. I, I am out. looking to get access to the Miles Driven Instagram page, guys, to make it uh, well more fun. Yeah, but it's just it's just my it's, my <laughs> professional photography that I yeah. do on the side. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to hijack it at some point, and we'll get some we'll get some polls and some news, and we'll start doing some stories and stuff on there. So yeah. So if you if you do join, and then you see a lot of uh, took. Just suddenly start, then you know Sam's been given the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> um, so we're going to start today, bit of news, or I suppose it's not the newest of news, but we're going to talk about the 2022 Polo GTI. Uh, it's been revealed because the Polo went through a revision la- end of last year. So for some of last year, you could have the pre-facelift and the, the second half of the year, you could have the facelift. What do, you, what do you think, just looks-wise, if we, we won't get on to power and pricing and things like that just yet. Sam, looks-wise? Yeah, it's a nice look. Is, this is the one, or is this not the one that my mum's got? Face. This, this your mum hasn't got the facelift. Right, okay. For a very specific it's, reason, which yeah, we'll yeah. go to in a second. Um, yeah, it's a nice-looking car. I, I'd probably prefer it, to be fair. Especially from the back. Yeah, now you're showing me the back. Because they've brought the, the rear tail lights now come into the boot lid. Yes. Whereas, Whereas before the, yeah. they were separated. Yeah, it, it's it's a very nice looking car. I can't complain with that. I think it's got a bit... I can complain a lot about the interior, but I think we'll, we're going to move we'll on to that in a bit. But. Um, but interestingly, we saw... Do you remember we saw Seat Ibiza... I think it was an FR. Yep. And both of us looked at it from a bit of a distance and we thought it was... When a, they first came out, we thought yes. it was a Leon. Yeah, it was the same with the new Polo when that first came out. Yes. And looking at that Polo GTI... If you just sort of scan a look at it without really looking at the proportions, yeah. it's on a, it's against the black, uh, sorry, a white uh, background for us to look at it. You could easily mistake it for a Golf GTI. Yeah, if you know what you're looking at, then you'll know, oh, no, it's not. But if, a glance and you'll think, oh, it's a Golf GTI. Oh, no, it's not a Golf GTI. It's a Polo GTI. Although with the new Golf now, they obviously look different, especially at the rear because the Golf's got... Well, the Golf has got, if we look at the back of the Polo GTI where they've brought the rear light into the boot yeah. lid that's the same as doesn't the my... golf now have the the light all the way across the boot say at leon oh is that okay I that's there was a car do you remember the, you the saw group. the new set on because uh my partner has the yes uh, yeah, yeah, be yeah. the Sorry, previous please. generation now yeah and we had a look at the new one you and i went and had a look at the, mm-hmm. the new one and um it was i thought it was a bit odd that it had the strip all the way across yeah because volkswagen haven't done it yeah, but this yeah, anyway, so we'll get back onto uh, this polo does bring it a bit more in line with the Mark Eight Golf because it's the the rear lights sort of extend inwards towards the VW badge in the boot, like a Mark Eight Golf does. Yeah, 
um, which adds to the thing of if you just glanced at it. And you, oh yeah, definitely. You, if you um, if you if you said to me, "What do you think of the new golf?" and flash that picture up, I'd say yes. Sorry. Interior wise, now when your uh, your mum got a twenty twenty one model. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, because she got it on the September number plate, yeah, she so she's still got a new number plate as we talk today. Um, she didn't want. I, I remember we've said this in a previous podcast. Anyone who'd been listening, we put her into a golf, and she had an allergic reaction and jumped out of the thing. And we're like, <laughs> it's, it's, "There's too many glass screens everywhere, and I, and I can't, um, I can't, yeah, control the the uh, the climate and everything with a with a dial." Which which made perfect sense to me. I could understand it, and yeah, we and knew the the polo at the time had it, yes. but was about to lose it on the facelift, and managed to get her good deal. As I say on what was the current one, but we but we knew there was they were sort of running that model out. Um, so this GTI has the new interior. Um, I I think even worse because you do have all the touch stuff but it's in a real you know it's it's right out of your vision and it's quite small because it has to be because yeah. it's a smaller interior i can't imagine if i was driving along and i thought oh it's a bit warm in here i'll turn it down it, it you're sliding my finger across trying to get and you're sort of looking at you're just looking completely away from the well, road well it's it's in that section just above the gear knob where you need a well you need a, you need a knob to turn yeah just because, to steady your hand yeah it's in that section where you'd have a knob or a button as opposed to a touchscreen because with a touchscreen you need to you need to be more at eye level. Yes. And more accessible. You need to be able to see your hand and see out of the window so that you can see if there's a tree or a dog or a child. Yes. In your immediate danger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now you're gonna be you're gonna be fiddling around near the gear stick, trying to turn down the temperature, accidentally turning it up, and then before you know you run over little Billy with his dog <laughs> and then crashed into the tree. And, and now it's looking really, really great for you. And, and your defence is going to be: I was just, I was oh, just, I was a little simply, bit warm. Yes, I was just warm in my car, and I didn't feel the need to have to pull over and stop <laughs> to make it cooler. Well, it seems to be with all these new cars, you got you are going to have to start stopping at the side of the road to change the radio station, to turn the air conditioning off or on. Yeah. And I was going to say, heated seat. I was going to say it's because they can't be bothered to homologate a button or a, a knob or a dial. But actually, we know. It's a cost save, which yeah. is a little bit of an affront. This new Polo GTI. Now, we had a, a discussion just before we started. What do we think a Polo GTI should be priced at? Now, I said if it was below 20, you know, sort of starting in just before 20. Yes, yeah, I said it should be below 20. You, you want sort of more 18. Yeah. That, that's where in your head. And, that and size car, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm with you. If I think what a Fiesta ST would have been three, four years ago. Yeah. Um, even now, the i twenty N has been released, and that's twenty five thousand pounds, which I just think is a lot of money for what it is. But um, cars are getting more expensive. Well, it is because I mean, how much is an i thirty? I think I it's about thirty three. So now. it's not it's not too big a jump if you're spending that sort of money on a car anyway. Well, if you think if you were to get it on payments, yeah, and you were getting a lease for four years, and they'll base that on the future value yeah. if you've got the more expensive car it's going to be worth more at the end mm -hmm. so the payment difference i don't know what it, what it is and the difference between an i20 and an i30 you'd go for the i30 yeah if someone said it's 50 pounds a month for example even a hundred pounds a month between them i think yeah a hundred pounds is probably where you start to say do i want to spend that extra hundred quid yeah. to get but if it's less than 100 quid between them um I, you know yeah 
I'd, I'd rather be in the i30 end. But then, would, yeah. but unless, unless you've got to pay for the tax for it, and it's five hundred pounds, and then we all just <laughs> just sign out to the car anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, this so it's starting at twenty six and a half thousand pounds. Um, so by the time you put anything on it, twenty six thousand four hundred thirty pounds. Uh, it's fifteen hundred quid. Uh, because of that, more than the i twenty m. I don't see. I I just don't see this twenty twenty six and a half thousand pounds. I I just don't I see. I mean, it. what are you putting on that? At least fifteen hundred quid in extras, probably. Yeah, well, this is the crazy thing. You can put a lot of spec on these. You can put all the um, digital dash displays. You can you can upgrade the navigation. Um, it's got quite a loud red panel, which yeah. I know you were you were. I mean, it's. I'm trying to think where else I've seen it. I think I've seen it in the cheaper versions of really small city cars. Yes, like, it's, a, like an it's, up. It's like a, a red, funky version of an up. Yeah, it's a, it's a red vinyl strip across the dashboard. But it's not a, a thin strip. Board. I mean, it's, it's huge. It's, it, this this covers off, if, if you're listening and you do want to look at it yourself, it covers off from around the uh, vent on the passenger side and it's probably about six to eight inches of uh, depth. Yeah, and it is that that's that's and it's standard. all the way across. So that's standard, and there's no color options that you know of. Oh well, I, not that I know of. I would guess so. You can upgrade the navigation, um, and you can upgrade to the um, the virtual cockpit for the speedos and stuff. Um, you get the LEDs as standard, which you didn't you didn't do before. Um, I would imagine. Um, I would imagine you could spec that off and maybe pick a carbon fibre. But then you're having to spec it off, so you're having to pay to get Yeah, and you probably have to pay quite a little bit. pretty offensive if you um, don't like the colour red or want a nice calm interior to your car, because that's not calm. No. Um, it may actually come, I may, I may be being a bit unfair to it here, it may come with the digital dash display as standard, but... I mean, it's got the GTR seats as well, which I've never been a fan of. But personally. you don't like the tartan? No, I don't... I can see I can see people why people would like it. It's not just it's particularly not to my taste. No, which is fair. Um my my partner I, I showed her a, a GTI a while ago when I was considering it and when she bought her Leon and uh, she was just like, You have to get leather. When I had my Mark V GTI, yeah. Yeah. um she was like I'd always get leather. Yeah. But I know some people don't like it. Well the problem is if you find if you're buying used, for example, and it had everything else you wanted. Yeah. And it had those seats. It it becomes a bit difficult. Well, at which point you just get it, don't you? And you, if you're that bothered, you buy some seats and change them. But so there's a deep iron shade that you can change that red to. So, so but it's going to be a darker red. Uh, I would, yeah, deep darker iron. Red, so dark red, red bronze color. Yeah, but so it's optional. Yeah, it's optional. You've got to pay for it. And either way, it's not. It's not black or grey, which is what it should be. Yeah, you'd think that there would be a free cost to. Um, you know, if you want to go with the red, great. That's yeah, fair enough. That's, that's your... Yeah, it's, you know, everyone's um, car taste is different at the end of the day. And some people, you know, that's the whole point of modifying cars is you make your car look like you want them to make your car look like. Yes. It's, it's not to everyone's taste and it is to your taste and you're showing up what you like about your car. Yeah. I don't particularly appreciate a car manufacturer sticking everybody with a massively bright red dashboard. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I just think it's a bit of a poor design, to be honest. I mean, have it as a, a 50 quid option. Yeah, if you want, you know, or even spec, say, spec the call it the GTI interior. Yeah, or the fast pack. And you can make things like that a no cost option. 
and just say we you know we would rather sell them with the with the flashy interior yeah. but we do a, a standard you yeah. know all blacked or gray or whatever else um I, I know what they're trying to do they're trying to liven up the interior the trouble but is why people it's i think it's well documented people like the reason car interiors are how they are now is because they're liked yeah i i, I suppose blacks silvers grays they're trying to make it a bit more exciting and bring something so it isn't just black and grey. Stick some red seats in it. That, that, that is the problem though, isn't it? That What you'd expect is a bit of flash of red on the seat somewhere, yeah. or you could put it on a few different bits of the car, and it would liven the interior up. What they've done here is gone, it'd be very cheap for us to replace this big plastic fascia bit around the vents, the yeah, steering just wheel, paint it red. and just put shiny red in there, which I, I just think that's a little bit... It's ooh, a shame, because yeah. the rest of it looks alright, to be fair, and if you got rid of that the bright red panels there even if you kept the red that goes around the bottom of where the gear the gear stick is yeah and had the top bit black yes yeah, yeah if you could split steering it. wheel yeah. you're good to go then but um so but, you know people might like it and let us know guys let us know what you think yeah yeah by all means uh so the, these are all sort of the subjective parts what's not subjective 211 horsepower um it's dsg only there's no manual option which is no surprise the previous one was no manual option or the pre-facelift I find that a bit disappointing, actually. I know, I know that they would sell lots of them in DSG, but no manual option. Again, sell it with an option. Yeah, is it really that difficult? The technology is there. It's not mean, like they couldn't take the gearbox from out, the out facelift the, out of the Golf GTI. Yeah, or take it out. Of the Golf if, GTI. if you've got like, the two-liter engine, they they have the gearbox available. What what's stopping them? I can only think is that they know they'll get a quick naught sixty time, and well, yeah, that will be on their advertising. Bump about you know oh well it's not sixty but there are faster people than out there that want a manual car yeah and if you're comparing this to for example the Fiesta ST and the Hyundai i30n both manual gearbox you I think you can spec you can spec a quick gearbox you can go paddle shift I think on the i20n right okay for, for, uh, Fiesta I'm, I don't actually think you can I still I think that's a manual only but I could be wrong there I haven't actually uh, no sorry I'm sure of it now that I've just um, I'm just thinking they do not do uh, paddle shift on the Fiestas. Okay. I-20N, I think it might be an option, but I'm not 100% sure. But, but yeah, let us know what you think in the comments, yeah. guys, about the car. Have a look at it, check it out for yourselves. It's just an interesting one. So it came across the news desk. I thought, do you know what, that's, that's worth having a bit of a conversation with first. So next, um, and this will sort of go into our main segment today, we were talking about pickup trucks. Don't worry, everyone, we are going to be covering quite a vast array. So if you're not that interested in pickup trucks, uh, for the ones we get in the UK or you prefer the American ones or you hate the American ones and you like what we get here or, or you don't like, well, if you don't like any of them it's yeah. well, not going to be that easy listening but we'll, we'll try and yeah, but stay tuned we'll, you know, obviously I'm going to have my uh, non-biased very fair views on everything as usual so you'll get a bit of entertainment factor with that anyway and I'll try and put some facts in it for you all Yeah. <laughs> um, Ranger Raptor special edition 2022 car so what we want to talk about is the next generation but as a sort of last hurrah, Ford are running out the Ranger Raptor, uh, or the Ranger, with a Raptor that is £53,000. It's got a two litre diesel engine. Um, having been in a Raptor F-150, I can tell you, no, if you went to an American and said, oh, you know you can get a Raptor on the uh, Ranger <laughs> until it's a two litre diesel, that 10 and a half seconds naught to 60. Rapid. I mean, <laughs> it's... Gets I, there. I, I know people say oh, it's a pickup truck why do you want to go fast it's because if you put Raptor 
on yeah, a pickup truck. You're effectively calling it a sport. And if I can, the the picture you're currently showing me, when you're going to put speed stripes down the. If you're if you're putting racing stripes yeah. on it, and I mean it's got the big off-road suspension, it's got a raised ride height, um, but to me this is a really just a case of Ford saying, we've we've got this chassis, we're about to replace it with the new Raptor, which will be a joint venture VW Ford, which we'll come on to in just a second. This just seems like a case of, well, let's see what we can. I mean, 30 miles to the gallon, official 26 miles to the gallon, from a two litre diesel. I, I, I know it's a big vehicle, I know it's got the uh, aerodynamics of a, a brick, but 10 and a half seconds in a 26 miles to the gallon average, um, with sort of 30 on the run. I, I, mm, uh, the 0 to 60 time is it's sort of relevant in a way, in a very abstract way, because if you are loaded with stuff, you're going, yes. to, be, you're going to be putting that sort of strain through the engine to pull off if you're going uphill, for example. Yeah. So it's sort of relevant because it gives you an idea of the power the thing's got. You know, if, yeah. it, if it doesn't shift at all to 60, you know when you're fully laden. You're really going to be. You're going to have to go, make sure you're going downhill when you start Yeah. to give yourself a run. So it's not as out there as you think. Even, even it's just not relevant for racing and if you are thinking well um i'll get it as a commercial on the company uh it can't be registered as vat extent exempt like commercial vehicle um you, you have to pay the full whack and i think that is through the weight um yeah it's because oh, it's because of the load capacity of the raptor 620 kilos doesn't go under um, no it doesn't go under the I think there's a there's a minimum that it need, it's needed to yeah. carry for commercials it's very so high. you've got to pay if, if you're a builder and you're saying well oh, the reason I want it is I know I'll get the VAT back so I'm not paying yeah. 53 and a half thousand pounds yes you are um, there's there's no way around that unfortunately yeah so and it's uh, to doing themselves out of something with that as well then. yes and it's two and a half tons in, uh, in weight, so 38% uh, benefit in kind tax ban if you are uh, thinking of it as a company vehicle, I don't think many people will be, but it sort of segues us into the next point which was going to be the VW Ford uh, mashup that is happening in commercial vehicles, so for them to both survive, we know the next Amarok which will come out during 2022, okay. from what we understand, I think it will be a uh, I'm not sure we'll get it in the UK in 2022. We might have to wait till 2023. But um, if we do get it, we might get it late 2022. Uh, it's going to be on the same platform as the Raptor. And that is the same as we've seen recently, because you used to have a caddy van, a VW caddy van. You can tell by the excitement in Marty's voice that he knows I'm about to go on a rant and a whinge. <laughs> but uh, I get... From what you've told me, I get from a business point why they've had to do it. It makes more it's sense. It's cost There's, saving in the commercial it's sector. It's cost saving. Yeah. But what they've done, they've taken the caddy, which is an iconic van in this country, especially. It's it's the van that's modified. Yeah. You know, there's a lot. And it's of, become a, the California yeah. um, uh, sort of uh, camper as well. Yeah. So they've they've taken they've taken the caddy, the small caddy, and turned it into effectively a transit. Then they're with the new one. I mean, it just looks they've taken the VW van shape and just completely got rid of it. If yeah, it's, so like, it's, like, it's like they've gone to Ford and said, Right, here's our van, 
here's your van, here's what we suggest you do. And Ford have come back six months later and gone, here's the van. And they're saying, well, that looks like a transit yeah. with some new lights and a badge. Well, yes. Do you think that the for that particular um, uh, team up, VW said, look, you can do the looks, but we want to do the mechanicals? Quite possibly. Do you think that's what it is? Quite possibly. Because it's great, great from them, but what they're not going to get is people aren't going to buy it for the reason that they bought it before. How many standard caddies that aren't corporate, big corporate machine vehicles Large do you see? Purchased. Yeah, yeah. Standard. You don't yeah. see that many. Every, everybody that has one, well, not everybody, but the vast majority of people that have them, that are private owners or have their own business yeah. and have a couple of them maybe, they'll do something to them. They get lowered, they get... Body kits put on them, they get sprayed, they get alloys put wraps. on them, they get wrapped. We drove they... past one the other day, I mean, completely kitted out. Uh, yeah. I was in I was in Edinburgh for uh, for New Year's, um, which wasn't as exciting because of COVID <laughs> and everything else. But um, this thing was completely, I mean, it's, it's like he started with the front lip and didn't stop until he got to but the rear do. spoiler. But oh, yeah, they, he but must they're have not going to do that with the new one. Because it doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't look right. You say it doesn't it's, have its unique. No, it's, like, uh, it's not. It's not a transit. It's a transit something, isn't it? Transit Connect. Transit Connect. Sorry, because the the bigger ones now are Transit Custom. I think, isn't it? Either I don't think I don't think you can just buy a transit anymore. But I think might be wrong. On that I one, think if you but, buy a transit, it is just a white basic transit. Okay. And but the small ones, the Transit Custom, which is the one we're talking small about, ones, that's been Connect. merged with the Connect. Transit Connect. Sorry, that's been merged with the Caddy. Yes, that's and that's the one we saw. It, yeah. it does, like you said, it does seem like Ford has completely taken over the styling and have, well, just turned it into a transit and just changed well, the badge. We, you pointed one out to me, and I thought it was the. I thought it was, the Ford version. Yeah. And you said no, no, it's got a VW badge on it. Yeah, because I said, is that a caddy? And you said, oh, they have merged with Ford. And I said, well, clearly, because it doesn't look like a caddy. No. Yeah, no, it's still the, it's still the Transit Connect. Yeah, yeah. that's what it is. Um, I mean, I, I just think it's a great shame because I think I think the Caddy is quite an iconic van. You did love your Caddy as well, so well, there is some bias going. There is a bit it, of bias, but, but yeah. even before that, if you know, it's quite an iconic van in this country. You see a lot of them, and people spend a lot of time doing things to them. You don't see them do that to any others, really. Uh, no, the Transit, you the the big Transits or the main. Yeah, your regular transit used to be. Yeah, my, my worry is that they're going to do the same. I mean, the Amarok, I'm not a massive fan of the Amarok, and we'll come on to why a little bit later on, but I just worry that it, it's a nice-looking pickup. I yeah. just worry that it's going to be completely well, lost again. But then again, I do like the Ranger. So we were split on, uh, for a UK, if, we, if you're in the UK, or in Europe, actually, to be fair, um, with the exceptions probably of... Um, some of the bigger sort of, you know, if you're in a Nordic nation, low population, and you can get an American pickup truck, left-hand drive. Yeah. Um, but if you're in the UK or quite a few parts of Europe, and you want to buy a pickup, your options are really Japanese, Ford, and Volkswagen. Um, yeah. Mercedes are now out the out the um, question. They've they've gone with the the X class is now gone. Yeah, which is no great loss, I don't think, because it was just a Nissan Navara with a Mercedes badge on it. Yeah, amazing. They hadn't really done much to even mask the fact that they just started. They really didn't. And I don't I don't think it did a very long run. I mean that would have been maybe four years they did. I mean I can't I think I can count on one hand the amount that I've seen on the road. Yeah, I've seen one. So it was obviously vastly, wildly um, unpopular. I've seen two. 
Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was not a popular one. So we but we've always been split split because I like the Amarok and it's the one that if I was to buy a pickup truck in the UK, yeah, I'd buy I can see why you would though because you're a big fan of American trucks right? and and the Amarok so, takes that sort of style yeah, and you would go it's with the, the best Ranger. of the European version of an American vehicle. Yes, it is. Um, and yeah, and and plus the the I mean it started off with a two liter twin. Is it a, was it a twin turbo? Uh, diesel engine is it a twin turbo or is it a twin scroll turbo um, but it's quite a powerful two litre diesel and then they came a three litre v6 diesel on yes, the facelifted ones did. and that thing actually had good power good torque could do if you did want to use it for a commercial it's a bit expensive but um, it's got it's the problem I find is it's got quite a small load bay I think Again, someone might correct me, but I'm fairly sure it's got one of the smaller load bays. Well, you've loaded a Ranger before, and you, you never said there was a problem with a Ranger. No, a Hilux and a Ranger I've used. To, to actually to load stuff for up. actual work, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I suppose from that side of things, um, it'll be interesting to see what they come out with. They've both, both Ford and Volkswagen have given uh, sort of hints as to how their next pickup will look with... I imagine the the problem is if you see a Ranger and an Amarok on the road today, their clear styling cues are different. Yeah, well, the Rangers always had more of a a high rake design, if yes. you like, if we're yes. in Formula One style yes. technical terms for yeah. it, which is weird with a pickup that you'd make the back the higher part of the car, but that seems to be how they designed it. I'm guessing because they but yeah, they're I mean, thinking the heavier it's loaded, yeah. it's down. But yeah, Ford has obviously just gone with the more traditional. Yeah, I mean, styling. I suppose that's how older pickups would have been before suspension technology. Yeah, got I mean, if you think of pickup, firmer. you think Ford or Toyota yes, yes, in this country do. anyway. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, around the world, if you think of the pickup trucks, yeah, okay, Maybe if you're in America, then it's a little bit different because you'll start to think of Chevrolet, Silverados and Dodge Rams. But, yeah, you're still going Ford there, though, really. But it's still yeah. the bestseller. It's yeah, Ford I think throughout the rest of the world, you're going Toyota, aren't you? Because you're going Hilux, but... Well, yeah, yeah I mean, a Toyota Hilux is... The v, I mean, if if you're thinking of every, any part of the world that needs something building, yeah, take a Hilux. I, I just can't think of a time I other popular shows. Yes, <laughs> I just can't think of a time I haven't seen a Hilux. You know, you could be out in in far reaches of Australia, and yeah. there'll be a Hilux parked up, probably next to a Land Cruiser or something else. That's but true. Yeah. It, that the that pickup would have never been washed. No, it'll be full. I mean, it'll be on its load capacity. And it'll just be going along, you know. It won't be going quickly, no. but it will be still be going, you know. I challenge anyone to find a building site that hasn't got a Hilux on it somewhere. Yeah, it'd have to be. Or any roadworks. Well, the, the Nissan headquarters, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> someone yeah. like that. Um, but, yeah, well, okay, so we can we can move over to American trucks quickly yeah. because I wanted to cover this off because I know we'll have listeners throughout the world and having driven quite a lot of the American trucks. Yeah, um, this is definitely your, uh, your forte. Yes, yeah, so... I've driven um, pretty much any of the big full-size, what we would consider full-size trucks. So we'll say F-150 size, because I know you've got things like Jubilees and stuff and F-350s in, in the US, and, and people will go with a, a different sort of size variation. But if we say F-150 size, that's Dodge Ram 1500, um, Chevrolet Silverado, this size, uh, and a few that were similar. I, I drove the... Uh, Chevrolet Avalanche which is if you've ever seen an American movie where the FBI turn up 
and they turn up in Chevrolet, black Chevrolet oh, SUVs. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I can't remember, the, the, the name of that SUV is completely uh, fallen out of my mind, but I've driven the pickup version because they do right. a pickup version of that. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. I mean, it was, it was okay. It was just, if I was comparing, I think F-150 um, would be an easy go-to. It's like the Volkswagen Golf of hatchbacks, but I would actually skew Dodge Ram. Yeah. So I, do, I drove yeah, a Dodge Ram. i a fan of the Dodge Ram, I think. So, yeah, I mean, I, do, I drove a Dodge Ram, or oh, probably about a thousand kilometers in Canada, um, and had a great time in it. It was, it was a, uh, what's it called? Is it a Highwayman version? Um, it was a base spec anyway, and uh, I had a great time. But in Sweden, I've driven the much higher specs, including the newest Dodge Rams. And yeah, I just, I think in comparison, having driven the F-150, both with the three and a half litre V6 and uh, with the turbocharged uh, V6 and with a V8 in it, and it is in compar uh, as a comparison, I would always lean back over to the Dodge Ram. I just found it a better is a, is a tough way of describing it because I'm not sure it'd be better, but I just enjoyed it more. I enjoyed yeah. being in the Dodge Ram. And a little bit of um, follow-up is that the F-150, got family over in Sweden, and they had a Dodge Ram, decided to have a change, and I sort of said, why don't you try F-150, um, possibly V8, why don't you try and get a Raptor? And uh, my uncle was very interested in getting a Raptor, but he had to pay something like nearly double the price of the car because of the way the taxation law works in Sweden. If he went for uh, a Raptor, I think it just didn't, it, it fell out of some sort of tax break that he could get on his business. So he went for just a five litre, um, but the sort of, it's called a King Ranch or something like that. Great car, apart from the fact, in winter, the door locks froze. And I mean, <laughs> froze, yes, it was minus eight, but you don't expect that, though, do you? But, uh, not, from, not from that sort of car, <laughs> My uncle called me up, he said, the doors will not open. I said, oh, you must have an electrical issue or something. He said, no, no, the doors are frozen shut. Now, he's Finnish, he's lived in Scandinavia his entire life. My auntie, who was there with him, was thinking, well, it must just be frozen to frozen on. And he couldn't believe, like, to process that. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean frozen in place? Like, how does a door freeze in place? Like, surely they've tested this. Yeah. And it was, yeah, the door handle was completely frozen and wouldn't operate. That's mental. Something that never once happened on the Dodge Ram. Didn't happen on the Avalanche, didn't happen on a Silverado, didn't happen on any of the other pickup trucks they had. So um, from that side, skew a little bit more Dodge Ram. And for pickups in general, I know we don't, we, we, I mean, some people have American pickup trucks. I know they look huge on the road in the UK, but I, I would have one. I would have one with a right-hand drive conversion in the UK. And some people will say, well, I don't even know how it's possible. So in Australia, you can buy Dodge Rams from a sort of grey import dealer, but they convert them to right-hand okay. drive. And so when you buy it, because Australia has some very strict rules on driving a left-hand drive car, it basically needs to be a classic doing five miles a year to shows. Right, okay. but, but yeah, you can't just 
here, you makes know, sense. Here, if a left-hand drive car turns up to the ports, people just register it and drive it. Yeah. Um, right. You see quite a few of them about, don't you? Um, but yeah, Dodge Ram, I think, uh, wins for me on the American trucks. And also, from a side of, yes, it's they're quite luxurious to be in, and so they would be a lot of money in the UK. I think, for direct comparison, you'd be looking at a BMW X5 with a lot of spec. Okay. Um, once you've paid your duty, your taxes, and if you were to convert it, yeah, I, I would still love a Dodge Ram. <laughs> <laughs> I just would. I, I mean, X5 is a great car. But I think until it came to actually living with it in the country, I think you would. I think as long as I lived... Sort You'd of, have to live in the countryside. I think I could live here. You wouldn't be able to take it to Tesco's. I wouldn't go to that Tesco's near me. No, you wouldn't I'd be able to get into it for a start, and you wouldn't be able to park it anywhere either. I would go to Waitrose. But then you're still not going to park it anywhere, unless you park, park it in the back of the car, car park, park across but four then you're spaces. To do that. So if you yes. take it somewhere, you're not parking in one space. No, but then again, I told you the story of a guy who owned an uh, Audi RS6 yeah, yeah. at my gym, and he always had to park very cursely. He had to park at the back because the car was the width of the spaces at the gym, and so he had to take two spaces. Yeah, which is fine. But when you take your Dodge Ram to Snowdonia and you want to go to a pub, and you take up the whole car park. In a, a village, but you've got a Dodge Ram, so you pub. can probably leave it off road somewhere. You not can... if you want people to like you. <laughs> Someone you farm think a, tell you a small driven. English village or even Welsh village. Yes, well, and you're taking up the street. People would have to be a little bit courteous with their. People would have to be courteous to you. Range Rovers would have to be courteous. <laughs> yes, but other people in the villages where they live would have to be courteous to you, the visitor. Yeah, because you've bought a vehicle that's too big for their village. They would be happy I'm there. They'd be like, Do you know, what, I'm, I'm glad I've seen a yeah. Dodge Ram today because I don't see one. A small glimpse into the mind of Miles there yeah, for you guys. They would. They, they, <laughs> do you know what? If uh, if we can get hold of a Dodge Ram in the UK, we'll we'll do that at some point on the Miles Driven uh, yeah. YouTube. We'll... Uh, I will be the person filming from afar, <laughs> watching the baying mob with pitchforks <laughs> and pitchforks running after me to yeah. get out. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, that, that can be enough for America. I just thought we'd touch on it. Um, I know that not a lot of listeners are going to be too interested in American trucks, but I thought I'd I'd, uh, I'd mention it just in case we've got a bit of an international audience that might be interested. Um, what, what are we going on to next, Sam? What was the next? Um, the height of load beds was something we wanted to quickly touch on. I know, yes. Because it kind of goes back to our Amarok versus Ranger well, you said slash that you... Hilux debate that I'm now chucking a Hilux in there as well. Yeah. But... Because you you've said to me, and and to be fair, you're the one that has worked with these vehicles. I've never I've when I've been in Sweden, I've helped my uncle sort of we built a few things on the um, on the land that they have there. Yeah, and I mean so I'm I have, out in and out of pickups every day. So. Yes, so it's you've but got the, you've definitely got the experience. I have to say I've not driven an Amarok. No, but having seen them, when they're that that high at the back, if you're doing it depends on what sort of work you're doing. I mean, if you're just doing stuff where you're just transporting bits of wood or, or bricks or whatever, it, it might be all right mm-hmm. to just chuck those in the back. But if you're chucking, I don't know, a lawnmower or if you're doing that, sort, that sort of on-the-tools work, you're not going to be wanting to pick up a lawnmower to the height you'd have to pick it up, I think, to put in an Amarok bed as opposed to a Hilux or a Ranger, which is still quite high, to be fair. I mean, it's not a very practical thing to own if you're doing that sort of work. Well, but what would you have? You'd have what? Me personally. Hilux Navara? For me, it would go D 
D-Max. Yeah. Suzu D-Max. Yeah. Rodeo. Whatever one they, whichever one they call it nowadays. And this it? is just for loading. We're not talking about yeah. the, the, then the drive. Yeah, then Hilux, then Ranger, and then just the rest in a, in a bubble at the bottom, I think. And just the stuff just, I don't want to be near. The rest. <laughs> but that, 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 I think it's, for me, the Amarok's aimed more towards the businessman that wants a pickup as the company car to go away with the family at the weekend or just to own the pickup truck. Yeah. I think it's more pushed towards that market. I'm not saying you can't own it if you work on a building site or if you've got your own company or if you're yeah. doing anything like that. I'm not saying you can't own it. I just think it's more pushed towards the the businessman type luxurious. Okay, so we'll follow that on a little bit. If Out of those three, because in the UK... So what are we you, saying? Amarok, Hilux, Ranger? It, no, we'll, we'll take out the Ranger and the Amarok for a second. Okay. Because I, I think... Rangers are, you do see Rangers used for their proper purpose, yep. but you also see a lot of people buying them more as a, um, as they would an SUV. Yeah, okay. that's more the wild track versions, I think people are buying. So if you see a top of the range pickup, yeah, it's going to be more towards that sort of SUV style. Yeah, people who probably style, don't necessarily it? need the low bay. Um, yeah, and which then, is what's which I think is what's driven up the prices of pickups over the last sort of ten to fifteen twenty. We've years. talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. I know it's um, been. And Amarok, I suppose the thing with Amarok is, I think the the um, I don't know what the difference is in load bay. Let's have a little look. Let's see what we were talking here. Yeah, I mean, my my theory might be completely shot out of the water here. It might have the biggest load bay, but I just don't think it looked that big. But. Do you, you know what the tow, to the towing capabilities I are? I don't off the top of my head. Out, out of the two of us, you're the, the one with an actual towing license. So. This is true. However, we at work, we've only got we've got a D-Max, which has been converted to a tipper on the back for the forestry department. We've got a Ranger, and we've got a Hilux, but it's the older version of the Hilux, which is a very good truck, actually. Very nice truck. I know you do like... And it is, it's a base spec as well, and so... I can imagine that a, a higher spec Hilux is probably one of the nicest ones to drive. So we'll go off towing and payload. So an Amarok you can put in 1147 kilos. Okay, so just over That's payload. And then 3.1 tonnes of towing ability. Okay. Including guess, itself though. I'd guess not at the same time. No. Um, not if you want it to move. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, but you can see the thing I like about Amarok as well. If we're looking at engines, we both agree the Ranger engines. I don't think the three point two Ds or the two point two. No. They're very noisy. They're very noisy for, for not a lot of end yeah, product. Yeah for, for, yeah, for the amount of noise they make, you would think there'd be a real. Whereas yeah. I think the Amarok actually, two hundred eight to two hundred fifty eight PS is the delivery from the V six. I think that's ample for it that is. vehicle. Uh, that goes with the. The Isuzu Rodeo that we've got, which is a base spec, which I think is a 2.5. Okay. Yeah. That, right, we've, we've taken off, it's a single cab, we've taken off the back and we put a tipper on for the forestry department, but that doesn't move. Like, you put your foot down and it's, it's just nothing. It, it will, obviously, it will get up to speed, but it's going to take you a, a dreadful thing on the north to 60. Tell me that would be. But they, they, they don't offer too many engines. Ranger is uh, compared to what the to, like you're saying with the Amarok's probably got the best engine choice. Yeah, well, I mean they, in the field I they basically say, just but... say we'll put the V6 diesel in. Yeah, and, I mean I, unfortunately now the Amarok is actually discontinued because of the new one 
So they discontinued it 2020, late 2020. 2021, you can buy one. 2022, you should be able to buy one. But I think because of current uh, semiconductor shortages and everything yeah. else, I, I'm not sure whether we'll see them in the UK before the end of the year, but Volkswagen seems to have that target. 3,500 kilos uh, towing capacity for the Ranger. Um, so a little bit more, that beats yeah, the other Yeah, a little bit more, yeah. And then, By about 400. And then the Hilux was the other one, if we're looking at... Um, Sorry, I can't give you payload for the for the Range Rover. It doesn't wherever I look, it doesn't seem to want to state it. So, um, plus, I'm sure a lot of people listening probably don't particularly care. But Sam's brought us onto this conversation, everyone. So, no. I don't believe we can solely lay the blame at my feet. <laughs> Seems to be the best way to go about it. Um, yeah, um, everything will always be and has always been my fault. I assume, yeah. and will uh, continue to will be. continue to be. Yes. Um, but yeah, obviously, we'd like you guys to let us know your opinions on, on pickups as well. Do you own one? Have you looked at buying one? Have you owned one in the past? What are your experiences with them? So like I say, we've not owned one as private owners. I, I work with, we've got quite a few pickups at work. So that's really the experience I've got, and I've driven a few over my over the time. Two and a half thousand kilos. Is what, uh, uh, okay, sorry to jump in on you. Uh, if it's braked... From I say two and a half to three and a half thousand kilos. That's okay. what a Hilux. So they're all relatively similar. Current Hilux will uh, with the Amarok being the smallest. But if you go older than two thousand and fifteen, yeah, two and a half thousand is your max. Wow. Okay. Um. So yeah, depending on whether you're looking at new or used. So that would suggest to me, the the Hilux almost seems like a smaller vehicle. I know you can't base payload and tow yeah. from size because, uh, you know, I don't know, a V10 diesel, um, they put it in the Volkswagen Touareg, mm -hmm. uh, well, that will tow a plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it would, it would out-tow yeah. many things that are larger. Yeah, it's all it. subjective, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, that to me sort of makes the Hilux seem like it's a little bit smaller. Oh no, sorry. Actually, the newer ones, the newer ones, you'd be fine, um, towing capacity-wise. So interesting, interesting there. From a point of view, if you are looking at buying one of these, and th there's some limitations, you're using it for a working vehicle. I suppose you would, you would just go with a Hilux or a D Max. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the D Max. I think it's the nicest looking truck, which yeah. is probably not what most people go for when they're looking. They'd probably at go these for the actual specification as opposed to looks, but. <laughs> I mean, they are all styled differently, so I suppose there is a there's an aspect of what do you like the look of. The, yeah, the Ranger, the Wild Track Ranger is nice. I can't believe that that Raptor is <laughs> a six hundred and twenty kilo load capacity. <laughs> I mean, this is fifty three thousand pounds you're spending. Like, you, you're well, spending. So it's, it's not usable as a work truck. No, but and I understand that the argument would be, well, you're buying it instead of an SUV, but fifty three grand. It's the same as what was the other the the Wild one they did, the Raptor. The actual Raptor. So the, yeah, this is a Raptor special edition to run it out. Then they did yeah. the regular Raptor. The actual or, Raptor, which actually comes with its own spare wheel in the load bay. Yes. So that you can't use the load bay. Yes. So they're not, Ford are not in, well, especially in their America, because they come from America, don't they, those ones? The F-150 Raptors uh, yes. have got no so interest really that, yeah, in being used as work vehicles. not made for... For working, no, but they, they don't really make an apology for that on the F one hundred and fifty. They Raptors. don't. But it they seems sort of... it seems like a lot of the pickup companies pickups were invented as work vehicles. 
yes. traditionally they always were. They, you know, there were no frills. They gave you what you needed, and yeah. it was sort of a rough and tumble car, effectively. Yeah. They seem to be moving away from that a lot. Like every pickup now, you you can buy them as a family car if you want, to. like a crew cab, yeah. type thing. I and can't. Yeah, they, think... They've got the DAB radios. They've got the leather seats. They've got all of the interior toys and gadgets that you could possibly. Can want. you think of any pickup that doesn't give you that? No. Not off the top of my head, unless Sangyong probably do. Oh, do you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry, I was, I was probably, probably a bit noisy there for you. Uh, do you know, I, I was driving um, a couple of years ago, and I thought, what is that? And is it, the Sangyong not a Navara? I'm completely going off the top of my head. I don't think it... Having seen about two in my life. But it might be an old Navara. No, I don't think it are was. Are there any I, other budget companies that do pickups? I think people might be screaming at the... Uh, Screaming at their oh, there's, there's right. other companies, but I'm, I'm trying to think well, of just ones If there's, if there's budget it. companies that do them, they'll do one that's a no frills. But if you go back to Isuzu's original, I don't, which was the Rodeo, one of their original pickups. That was, that was a no frills one. Cloth seats, Musso. cassette player. So there, I'm just going to show that. So that's the uh, Sangyong Musso. Looks like a Navara. I don't know actually. It looks too short to be anything. To be fair, this is the generation of Chinese cars where they tracing papered a yeah. lot of uh, existing they, designs. They seem to have managed to make the the load bay at the back half the, half the size yeah. of what it was on anything else. Yeah, which is ironic considering the fact China is going through a massive again, uh, even boom. Even that, that doesn't look like it's a no frills. No, but you see what I'm saying. They've they've come from being cloth seats. Daisy not to a cloth seats, green green digital interiors, an actual. Um, What's the mileage thing called? What am I? An odometer? Yes. Um, completely lost the word there. A, you know, a proper analogue odometer. To being, you know, if you got in if you got in a brand new VW pickup and a brand new Tiguan, are they gonna be that dissimilar interior wise? Are you gonna get the same toys, the same sort of interior gadgets, the same upholstery? So that it's moving it away from the the working class rough and tumble. This is a pickup. This is what it's for. I mean, vans are going the same way as well. You got when when I had my caddy, you get in the front of it. I mean, you get in the mm -hmm. seats. It just looks like a golf. There was a, there was a lot of things in that. Although I suppose oh, right, it was a slightly higher golf and it had a shelf above the, so <laughs> above you, the seat. But did you say it had bits of the Tiguan? It did. It had the Tiguan stereo, the previous generation Tiguan stereo. Yeah. Okay. But you see, they're sort they're moving away from right. It's lovely to be in, but that's why the price is going for up for them. Yeah. and it's it's not a viable vehicle for for tradesmen to buy. If you're, you know, a one man band that's just starting out, what do you buy nowadays? You have to buy something old. No, you buy yourself. Mars has gone slightly quiet, guys, because he's uh, googling the most obscure pickups known to man what do you think no I've one found? even knows what, what do you website think? he's on what do you think I've found I honestly do not know I have found this is a great segment for a podcast <laughs> yes the, the, uh, <laughs> listen you, to miles.google.com you, you can't see me and I'm just saying guess what I've found <laughs> with no real idea he could be on his iPad in a cupboard yeah reaching into <laughs> his pockets no one knows guys 22 and a half thousand euros so it's still not cheap especially for what it is um, okay, give us the company. Dacia. Oh, uh, I was going to ask if Dacia had managed to knock out a look pick at up. this. I mean, guys, if you haven't seen it, 
please Google it. Please, because it will be price. it will give you a good laugh. But I can't believe the price of it. You oh. know what it looks like? It looks like a ute. It, do you but, know what? But a really bad ute. That yeah, is so actually... the idea of a ute is that it's effectively it's a, it's, a, it's a car pickup. So they're low to the ground. Well, although although I have to just. For Australians listening, I know you just call they just call almost everything a U. Yeah, but, yeah, okay. but you know, so what they officially would, for what we for us what if we, we would said you what as. we think of you know, sort of lowered, yeah, quick holding Malou. You know, that's, you, that's you could walk thinking. into the back of them without stepping up. Effectively, yes, this looks like a U that someone's taken a mm. tire inflator to and left on a bit too long. <laughs> it's just about to pop. It's it's maybe lifted a bit. I mean, like they've taken s- some great promo pictures for it, though, guys. I mean, the promo pictures are in a quarry. You've got like the uh, all the earth moving machinery around it's it, re- ready to be loaded with decidedly clean a twenty-five kilogram bag of yes, sand, completely unladen, <laughs> which is probably its capacity. And could not a family vehicle either, because uh, well, well, I imagine they don't offer it as a crew cab. <laughs> no, they don't, because <laughs> this is a uh, Dacia Duster, just with the back lopped off. Yeah, to make a bed, and it very much looks like a Dacia Duster <laughs> yeah. with the back locked right, off so that someone's taken to a quarry. In fact, they haven't even taken it to a quarry; they superimposed it into a quarry. Yes, they have. <laughs> the reason I went quiet is because I saw this and then thought, mm, "I think someone's having a laugh," because it, it does look like the sort of thing that someone who bought, so, you know, a very uh, enthusiastic Dacia owner had, had sort of done a job himself. But it looks like this is actually, yeah, Dacia Duster for sale. You can. Uh, Oh, sorry, that's the duster. But this is Dacia, from what I can see, actually have made this. Which is terrible. Oh, and they've made... Oh, here we go. This is exciting. They have made a crew cab for Sam. So they've got a family version. And it is just called the Dacia Duster pickup truck. I'll show you the picture. You'll notice the immediate problem with it being a Dacia. <laughs> well, it's a Renault. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's got a Renault badge on it, but I assume they sell this in other. Well, Dacia's linked to Renault, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know why it's got a Renault, but it's called a Renault Oroch. Okay, interesting. Renault, so Renault Duster like Oroch. There is a budget pickup truck. It's made by Renault slash Dacia. We're not really sure. In South America. In South America, which is the obvious place to sell it. It, it actually was launched the at uh, the Buenos Aires International Motor Show. It was unveiled, uh, unveiled. Sorry, um, yeah, uh, an interesting one for sure. How much is it? Because I saw twenty two thousand, and it's it can't be. They're not giving a price. Okay, the the price I saw was twenty one and a half thousand euros. So, ooh, that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Um, I, th- I think in the future something we'd probably like to do is some sort of pickup challenge. Oh, definitely. Once we've yeah. got the YouTube up and running, and it's you know maybe yeah. once we're a bit further into it, and we've you know we've got the the setup and the infrastructure. Well, well I'd like if we set ourselves a pretty interesting budget to see what we could actually get. Yeah, and 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 see how good it would be because I know what I would buy at any budget range. <laughs> I, I would it would just be. A more and more broken version of an Amarok. Yeah. So depending on what <laughs> yeah. budget we gave ourselves, it would either be damaged, written off, written off <laughs> yeah. severely. <laughs> yeah, I know the YouTube's something we're 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 going to start this year pushing. We're going to yes, try and yeah, properly yeah, start it up, and I think we want we want to know what what you guys would like to see. So there's you know, the, sort of you know we're obviously we'll do the sort of 
the news and stuff we can do on there and we can do face-to-face -face interviews about stuff but yeah you know going down the challenge sort of route be careful not to say the sort of the the television show that does did that launched car challenges yeah. if you like but what sort of versions of those would you guys like to see i mean do you want miles driving a car and me going on a train and yeah, being stranded in the middle of nowhere at a I countryside think, station. I think what we've said very clearly to each other is we don't want to be another because there's lots of YouTube channels that have there started is. up with cars. They they do a bit of dicking around um, and doing some challenges, and that's sort of their USP. Yeah. And that's not really where we're coming from. It as I say, we've got the MarsDriven.com website. Oh. We've we are trying. Yeah, this is uh, this has got some proper legs behind it. As to it has some real journalism. But at the same time, we've always had a laugh when we've gone on the various times to go and buy you. Yes, yeah, so we do want to make I think it fun. it's something that people would probably want to see. Yes, we whether do want to make it's it just fun. us going to buy you cars, and that's where it where it goes to and where you it think ends. that would but be a, enough quality I, on its I, own. Well, the, the laughs we have while we're doing it, I think. I, I might for people the might appreciate for my, for my next car. I might buy you something. <laughs> you might buy something. I might buy. It should be good guys because Miles hasn't had a car in over a year now. So quite ironic for someone that owns a website called the Miles Driven that doesn't actually own a car. No, I haven't needed one. Been able to drive other stuff. Been able to get lifts other places. Mainly the second point. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my car enthusiasm has been filled in with the jobs I do. So yeah, that's fair. It's the trouble of, um, and at the minute the market's insane. I mean, genuinely, looking at stuff where I think, okay, I could spend a bit more money and get this, but if I, and the problem is, and I'm sure anyone listening will really understand this, is that you say, what could I get if I spent this, and then before you know it, you said, well, for an extra couple of thousand, if I'm going to buy that, then I might as well buy this. And before you know it, you're looking at supercharged Range Rovers yeah. that are brand new. You going, are. Yes. Yeah. It's, a, it's an illness that you have. I, I'm one of the only people I can... Actually, I bet I'm not. I bet there's lots of people that can start looking at Clio 182s and say, well, if I spent a little bit more, I could probably go to a Type R. And, oh, if I went to a Type R, wouldn't I just go for a new one? Oh, well, you know, when I skip the FN2 and then you... Oh, I'm just <laughs> get an all-wheel drive car. I'll get a new S3 or... Oh, I could go and get... Mm. And before you know it... You're going, well, if I'm going to spend all this money, I want something that's big and I'm comfortable in it, especially because I'm tall. And before you know it, you sort of say, well, I don't want an unreliable one. And <laughs> you, you, you um, have somehow stretched your budget to, well, unrealistic figures for, yeah. um, for a car that you're not going to buy. For something when you were starting out with 1,500 quid and you just needed a runabout. Yeah, and you're up to 120 grand. <laughs> yeah. It's a speciality that only you have. But, um, but yeah. Keeps you busy. It does keep you busy, that is for sure. Um, we'll leave it there, everyone. But um, yeah, themilesdriven.com is the website. Let's say we've got the Miles Driven Instagram and, of course, the podcast. Um, whatever, Wherever you are listening, uh, if you have a subscribe sort of system, yeah. a bit like YouTube, where you I can... I say let us, let us know in the comments, but I don't know whether, obviously, if there is a comment section underneath the podcast. You, if you, not, maybe we can add one to the website that people can go and yeah, just leave so there. If you want to put a comment, you can go onto Instagram. That's the quickest way to do it. Go yeah. to the Miles Driven Instagram. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and you can just, you know, there's loads of pictures there. Um, you can just sort of drop a comment on one of the pictures and I'll put up a picture that says, have comments about the podcast, comment yeah. here. We'll do one per, we'll do, a, we'll do a post per podcast and people can write underneath it. And yes. Give uh, us the feedback. Tell us we're horrible. Tell us we're good. Yeah. We appreciate Tell us whatever you want. Feedback. We don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the same for the website. There is a feedback 
button on the website so you can if you, if oh. you want to talk about the podcast or you read something on the website and you think oh that's interesting you know yeah. but there's there's an inbox on the website um, I've put comments up that we've got in before on there so yeah if you, if you do want to get in touch let's say uh, the website milesdriven.com but I know for most people who just want to go to one app yeah of course yeah, then, then Instagram will the probably forward. be the we want to try and create a, a community feel is the end game that would be the end game yeah is if we could you know if anybody's interested we yeah might be talking to ourselves for the next i don't mind yeah next 12 months but so we'll do that anyway so sam, sam and I, while we do it we would be doing this if we weren't producing this um for everyone to listen to we would probably be sat here talking to each other about cars yeah anyway yeah um but this just gives us a little bit more i'd be boring mars with a little bit of football talk and he'd soon get back onto cars so yeah and then, I, and then I'd realise that I actually do have to do some work for the Miles Driven. I need yeah. to, I need to, need to actually so, you know, um, just combining it into one. But yeah, we'd like to, you know, if you think of anyone that you think would be interested in listening, then please share it. And yeah, and let's say if you if you've let's owned any of the cars, if you've owned any of the cars that we've we've mentioned about, I say I've, almost all the stuff that we talk about, I've driven. Sam would have driven quite a bit of it, but he's not going to have driven as much as me yeah, just I because mean, of history. Especially if, you, if you've owned cars that we've talked about or anything you think would be interesting, send us pictures of them and yeah, yeah, you know, we can means. talk about them on the podcast and put yeah. them up on yeah, yeah. socials say, and stuff. So. We're, we're, prob- we're, you know, we're car guys. You're not going to bore us and uh, we're not going to be too bothered about um, what it is. Because I know some places if people feel a bit... Uh, and I've had this, uh, it's a real shame that sometimes people are very enthusiastic about a particular car that maybe doesn't have a great following yeah or that a lot of people don't like and then they, they almost don't want to push that case yeah and like, they, yeah if you feel embarrassed about it but to put to put it out there i will defend the 2004 i think it was a 2004 voxel corsa so it's a corsa c <laughs> yeah. 1.8 sri it's quite a rare car they didn't make too many of them and sam and i both yeah, have had have one yeah. um, at, at differing points. Still probably the best car I've owned. But I, I just, I just love that car. For fun, for fun wise. For fun. I, look, other stuff could take me on the road, but uh, in fact, easily if oh, you yeah. if you had big power. Yeah. But I, I kept up with some stuff that was surprised that I kept up with it. Yeah. But it was never about that. No. I used to be able to drive that thing at, I would say nine tenths. Yeah. Nearly everywhere, except, you know, your city centres and built-up areas. Wherever I was going, I could drive that. And I really could be going for it. And I was very rarely... Upside down. Upside down. Backwards. Threatening to be going at a silly speed down the road or anything like that. It didn't have that much power, but it was light. It was a good last drive, wasn't it? So, yeah, if if you are out there and you've got something and you think, oh, a lot of people don't like these, don't worry about it. Uh, Yeah, well, maybe we could do a podcast on unpopular, popular cars. Unpopular good cars. Yeah, unpopular loved vehicles. That people, that some people will say, no, that was rubbish because I got in one once and I didn't like it. And actually, people to listen and send us some. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Put in the, um, what is it, put in the, uh, I want to say put in the stables before the horse, but that would be completely wrong. Bolting the stable after the horses. No. No, putting it, what did the horse. uh, we're really going off here, guys. Yeah, we really we should, we should sign off. Yeah, it's got late, hasn't it? <laughs> okay, thanks everyone for, for listening. As I said, themilesdriven.com is the website and the Miles Driven is the Instagram page and we shall catch you in the next podcast. Yeah, take it easy, guys. See you guys. Bye-bye.